And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Thank you for tuning in. Fans of this Toronto Raptors team, it was a an ugly game. It was a game that, you know, if you could just start the entire 905 team against the Bulls, I bet you Nick Nurse would do that. But somebody has to play. You got to go out and you got to play the games as the Raptors wind down the season. And they did just that. Again, thank you for tuning in, especially if you are on live right now on Twitter. Shouts to you at Sheldon Alexander, where we are after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Taking your questions and comments there. Same thing goes for Instagram. Always taking your comments and questions there as well at Sheldon Alexander, because it's not just me on this show. It's you guys as well. You guys are a massive part of the show. So huge shouts to you guys who are tuning in live. And of course, big shouts to the people that listen to the podcast at you can find that on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, and of course on YouTube. Shout out to the people liking and subscribing there. Really appreciate you guys for continuing to have this project snowball and become a place for Raptors fans to congregate and talk ball. Ball fans of all levels as well. So really appreciate you guys there. Huge shouts. And this Raptors game, hey, if you're here listening to this live, Shouts to you, because you are a real Raptors fan. You are a real basketball fan. You are, a, uh, as they used to say, a hardcore basketball fan. Um, and if you're listening to this the next day, salute to you as well. But also on this feed, I should mention this right away, uh, we also have our Ball on Blast podcast, which is a weekly talk about the entire NBA. We even obviously talked about some March Madness. We do that with my guy Andrew Webster each and every week. Same place you get this podcast. If you do a little scrolling up or down, you will find that as well. It's called the Ball on Blast podcast. This week, what did we talk about? We talked about um, why seeding doesn't matter if you're a legitimate team like the Toronto Raptors trying to make it to the NBA Finals. Uh, we also discussed who's the MVP, James Harden or Giannis. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Harden went off again tonight for another 50-point triple-double. We will dis- we discussed that on the pod. Uh, and we also do a little uh, we do a little pop culture chat at the end as well. And we talked about the show Billions. Lots going on there. But of course, if you really like ball, you like some pop culture stuff as well, uh, tune into Ball on Blast podcast. Same place you find this. But you guys are all tuned in right now at this moment because you want to discuss what happened with the Toronto Raptors against the Chicago Bulls. Um, 124-101 as the Raptors win against, as I called them, the who he played for All-Stars. I mean, we know Robin Lopez, but... There's a lot of dudes on that team that were in that lineup tonight that I don't know how many of them are actual NBA players. That's tough. Like, the Bulls, this isn't even fair. Like, what are they doing? They got to com- do something to combat tanking. This is, like, ridiculous. The Bulls aren't even playing any of their actual NBA players. You look at their bench, and you see um, you see Zach Levine sitting on their bench, which actually cost me my fantasy semifinals last week. But also, you see uh, Dunn on their bench as well. Denzel Valentine on their bench. Like, this is just pathetic as a Zion. 
continues. But the Raptors still had to come out there and handle business. And basically the job for the Raptors, I'm being honest with this, forget the wins or the losses, just don't get hurt. And that's a, a weird mentality to have, but the win or the loss against the Bulls doesn't matter at all. But let's say this much. Since the guys are out there, there are certain things that Raptors fans, Raptors people surrounded or affected by this team would like to see. Especially in an instance where there's no Kawhi Leonard, there's no OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam dressed, so he was available. We could tell he was just there in case something extreme happened, in case like there was an injury and they desperately needed an extra player to play or something like that, but Pascal essentially was on his load management game tonight as well. So Nick Nurse starting his 23rd starting lineup for the Raptors. And put your hands up if you ever thought this season, or let's say go back to last season, if you thought this year a Raptors starting lineup would include Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, Serge Ibaka, Danny Green, and Marc Gasol. I'll wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I I never pictured this either, but this is just the life of Nick Nurse this season. As mentioned, the 23rd starting lineup this year for the Raptors. And, of course, it doesn't matter because 124-101, and right from the beginning with Serge playing the four, this is kind of a look that I feel like we could see in the playoffs, and it could be a major advantage for the Raptors. But also, having this opportunity... You get to see if it works, but also you know that it's something you could pull out of your back pocket if you're in dire straits or you need some form of a boost come playoff time. So it was interesting to see. And right away, because most teams, as we mentioned a lot in the NBA now, they don't play your traditional power forward and center. It's more of a perimeter player that you'll see playing that four and sometimes even five, depending on the team you're playing against. But in this instance, early on with Surge at the four, Raps made a quick work of that. They were dumping it in the surge from the get-go, right off the beginning, whether it was Kyle Lowry or Marc Gasol, feeding him for the mismatch inside, and Serge was happy to take those shots. Serge had it going the entire game as Mr. Ibaka himself finished with 23 points, 12 rebounds in this game, and 10 of 16 shooting. Serge even hit two threes in this game. Serge's three-point shooting has been up and down for the entire year, so it was good to see him knock down a couple, but also continue to shoot it with confidence. I mean, <laughs> if you followed Serge Ibaka, especially during his Raptors years and the end of his years in OKC, you know that confidence shooting the ball isn't something that Serge Ibaka lacks. So it was good to see him have some three-pointers go down because you don't want to have a situation where you're in the playoffs and teams are just sagging off you so much because they don't even care if you shoot it. So we mentioned Serge Ibaka. Serge looked good. Serge did his thing, active all over the glass, doing his thing. But the big, I don't want to call it a fight, let's say discussion going on with Raptors fans nowadays, involves Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol is such a hot-button topic among Raptor fans, and it's so funny because it's so polarizing. There are people who just solely look at the box score, and they'll look at it and judge him by whatever those numbers show up in terms of how many points did he have, how many rebounds did he have, and they'll equate that to the success or the impact that Marcus Gasol has on the team. And then there's the other side of the argument. The side of the argument that I like to chill on. And Marcus Gasol, it's not even about the points or rebounds. Because we know he can do that. But there's two things. One, he's a vet. 
He came to the Toronto Raptors for the playoff run. Yes, you would like to see him make moves and be more aggressive on the offensive end and get more buckets and do all that. But he knows as a team is currently constituted, meaning with cert, with uh, with Kawhi Leonard, with Pascal Siakam, with Kyle Lowry, he knows that he doesn't have to put up 20 a night. So it's funny to get a game like this where you're missing your two scores and now you do need the scoring from Gasol. And it's funny to see him put up the numbers like, I feel like most of us should know that he's capable of doing, but for some reason, there's a lot of fans that are still upset when, you know, maybe his numbers aren't at the 12 points a game or at whatever, but he finished tonight's game, 17 points on six of 11 shooting, also finished with eight rebounds and six assists in this game, adding a block just for fun, but three of four from three-point land. And to me, this is a game where, as we've been talking about all the time, Marc Gasol can score. We know that he has the ability to score. It's just how does he fit in to this Raptors team in terms of shots available when they're at full strength. Now, come playoff time, I feel like this team is smart enough to know or to figure out, hey, who has a matchup? Kawhi can cook against anybody. But if Pascal has a matchup against someone, I think this team is smart enough to feed that beast. Let that cook happen. Or if Kyle Lowry has a matchup, have that cooking, have that working. It could be a situation where you have Marc Gasol. He could be the one with the big, you know, with the advantage on the offensive end. And people are kind of worried because they think that, oh, well, JV might be a better scorer or would have been a better scorer. Serge Ibaka might be a better scorer. And I keep trying to tell you guys, relax. Gasol can cook. He's just fitting in right now. When the playoffs come, the vets will be going all out again. All the worry about how the Raptors vets play should have been put to bed as soon as Kawhi Leonard admitted on television, into a microphone, on camera, that this is just 82 practices. <laughs> and the playoffs is when he'll really lace them up. Once you heard that, that should have given you enough insight into how veteran players or how players who have championship pedigrees or championship aspirations go through the regular season. Because I understand if you can watch Marc Gasol and you think that he's just chilling, he's not playing the lockdown defense or like the imposing defense, he's not getting up all these shots, but that's not what it's about. It's about ball movement. It's about making sure that the offense doesn't stall and the Raptors fall in to the trap of the iso ball. And since Gasol's been on this team, you continue to see night, night in, night out, that the numbers are just better. The numbers are just better with Marcus All on the floor. The offense just looks better. It might not even be the shots that he's getting per se, but it's the shots that he is getting other teammates due to ball movement, kids. Ball movement. Uh, Got to give a shout to someone on Twitter today named um, Mike Boss or Mike Bo Sports. Okay. He put out some numbers today. Uh, <laughs> He works for uh, RaptorsRapture.com. Put out some stats today just talking about how the Raptors' offense has looked with Marc Gasol in the lineup, okay? We're going to start here. Since the Gasol trade, every single Raptors starter is shooting at least 37% from deep. Marc Gasol at 37%, Kawhi at 38%, Pascal at 40%, 
Kyle Lowry at 42.5%. Danny Green at, wait for this, kids, 52.5%. This is all I'm saying. And, hey, could this be a coincidence that all of a sudden the Raptors' shooting numbers have gone up since Gasol's here? Hey, if you're willing to tell me that it's a coincidence, that's on you. I'm trying to give you stats to show otherwise to match my eye test of just watching the ball move better when Gasol's on the floor. But if you guys want to argue that one, hey, no problem. I'll trust my eye test and I'll trust the stats. Because, again, the Raptors are shooting 40% from three since the Gasol trade. They're shooting over 40% from three as a team. As a team. Okay? Let's look at this. Because people say the defensive la- the defense is lacking. Well, again, shouts to Mike Bo Sports on Twitter. He says, with Marcus Gasol on the floor, the Toronto Raptors have a defensive rating of 103.8. That would rank first in the NBA. The Raptors' three top defenders, according to defensive RPM, RPM Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, and Danny Green. Kawhi Leonard is, actually has a negative, which really doesn't make much sense, but follow me here for a second. Since the Marcus trade, the Raptors have the NBA's highest efficiency field goal percentage and total shooting percentage, yet their offense ranks 10th during that time. The reason, they're fourth in turnover percentage. Right? That's going to bring things down. But efficient shooting just means they're getting easier shots. That matches the eye test of seeing Danny Green and Kyle Lowry, the Raptors' best three-point shooters, getting to shoot open threes. And that's going to... When you're a good shooter and you're shooting more open threes, more shit are going to go in. It's really that simple. So I don't know, guys. I just think that it's one of those situations where I trust my eye test. And then when there's stats to back it up and you see how the ball moves, even without Pascal out there, even without Kawhi Leonard out there. If you look at when this game really took off for the Raptors, because they struggled in the first quarter. I mean, struggled lack of effort, whichever way you want to take that. But the Bulls led after one, 28-16. And we know the Raptors, you're not taking the Bulls seriously. So they came out sluggish. They only shot 33%. In the first quarter, they were only 33% from the floor. Okay, Started out 0-7 for from three. Bad start for the Raps, right? Start of the second quarter, Marcus Gasol hits a three. Right after that, Jeremy Lin hits a three. So after starting 0 for 7 from three-point land, you knock down the next two. Jody Meeks got some burns. Jody Meeks was hitting some threes. Then the Raps went on this crazy 15-2 run that was capped by Gasol getting the rebound. Crazy outlet pass to Fred Van Fleet. Throws the alley-oop to Norm. Raptors were cooking from that point on. And, I mean, that unit of Fred Van led by Fred Van Fleet and Marc Gasol, really, I mean, took this game from being close and really ugly to the Raptors just being like, all right, get this, get this, these guys out of here. We got next games to worry about. Let's just try to not, let's just try to not get hurt in this game. Crazy run for the Raps. And at the, at that point at halftime, they had 17 points on 25 made field goals. It's just crazy. Second quarter, they had 41 points and shot better than 70%. (laughs) Like those numbers are just disgusting. And it's what ball movement does. It's being it's contagious because everyone gets a chance to touch the ball. There's not as much time for guys to just be standing around on offense watching somebody else dribble. There's constant movement. There's constant cutting. There's constant ball movement. 
That leads to easy shots. That leads to more passes from everybody because you know you're going to get the ball back. Also, too, Fred Van Fleet. We know there's always a lot of talk that Fred Van Fleet getting to play in his, you know, I guess a hometown game for him as he's from Rockford, which is close to Chicago. I want to say it's about an hour away, something like that. Pardon me if I got my geography wrong here. But Freddie always seems to play good when he's in Chicago. Tonight was no different. Fred Van Fleet, 23 points, 9 of 15, shooting from the floor, add in six assists, add in four rebounds. And you really need this game from Freddie because you know Kyle Lowry's just out there getting a sweat in, basically just because the Raps are down bodies. But you know that you want Kyle Lowry to kind of coast a bit in this game. Right, Kyle had to play 28 minutes, but he was allowed to chill because Freddie took control of the offense, of leading the charge. Danny Green, again, you kind of want him to chill. He only got to play 19 minutes in this game. And you're okay with that if you're Nick Nurse. You had to play him, but at the same time, he didn't have to exert that much energy. And if you're Nick Nurse, that's the most important thing as you get close to the playoffs. So again... Big nights for Fred Van Fleet, 23 points. Serge Ibaka, also 23 points. Marcus Gasol, 17. But also what you want to see from this game as well is you want to see there's certain guys that are going to get a shot, and you just want to make sure they're ready. And Norman Powell came off the bench. He had 15 in this game. You had Jeremy Lin, who struggled mightily for a very, what, the last five games at least have just been atrocious for Jeremy Lin. We were watching highlights the other day at work of him like, how many times he's just missed horribly. Not just missed shots, but like shot off the side of the backboard and stuff. So to see him get 12 points in this game, to see him go two for two from three, four of eight overall, that's a positive sign. For someone who's been struggling that much, that's what this game against the lowly Bulls is about. Can he get some burns, get some confidence against a bad team? Shouts to Jeremy Lin, good for him there. Jody Meeks. Jody Meeks coming back to the team. That's also a big look for the Toronto Raptors because Jody Meeks, you could be, you, you, who knows what could happen in the playoffs. But Jody Meeks is a vet. Jody Meeks is a three-point shooter. And having him just on your bench in case of emergency, nothing wrong with that. Having him for this final stretch of games where you're going to want to rest Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, you want to lessen their minutes, having Jody Meeks on, on your team, that's why Jody Meeks is there. Proved that tonight. Gave them 29 minutes. Six of nine shooting from the floor. Two of three from three-point land. Five rebounds and 14 points overall. All in all, big win for the Toronto Raptors. And, hey, everybody came out okay. Freddie seemed to roll his ankle, but he stayed in the game. So, hopefully, he's all right. And, yeah, Pascal even got a rest. The most improved player. I know everyone's everyone's all caught up in that argument over most improved player. You know what the best way to 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 uh, not care about who wins most improved player? Have a better playoff. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like I know this this argument has been taking over Raptors land over who's the most improved player. Is it Pascal or is it D'Angelo Russell? And I know, cool. Maybe to some people it might be a big deal cool maybe it's a big deal to pascal it would be a pretty cool look but an even better look would be putting in work in the playoffs and having a deep playoff run that's all just my opinion there let's get to some comments though because i haven't done that yet again shouts to the people tuning in live on twitter where we are 
for 99% of the games. Had some load management issues with the podcast this week as uh, the day job caught up to me midweek, didn't do the first Bulls game, and we decided to turn the game against the Knicks. Instead of doing that, we just did the Ball on Blast podcast. But Wrap It Up podcast still here. We will be discussing things after each and every Raps game, hopefully for a long playoff run. And thanks to you guys for joining me because you are why I do this. So let me get to some of the comments here because there are a lot. And hey, shout to the diehard Raps fans tuning into a Raps podcast right now against the lowly Bulls on a Saturday night. So don't worry, though. I'll try to wrap it up quickly so you can get on with the rest of your Saturday night. But let's get to some comments. Uh, someone says, glad to see Meeks back. As mentioned, you're going to need Jody Meeks for the next couple games down the stretch because you want to rest Kawhi, you want to rest Pascal, you want to rest Kyle, but you need a grown-up who's going to get minutes, who can play with Jeremy Lin and Norm and whoever else has to play. It's not just all 905 guys. You need someone to get buckets, someone who's not afraid, but you're also not to the point yet where you're relying heavily on Malcolm Miller to possibly get you 15 to 20 in an NBA game. If he does, great, but you don't know if he's there yet. So that's really why you have Jody Meeks. He proved that tonight. Good to see him and have him in the lineup. A lot of people bigging up Serge. Serge had a massive game today. Uh, another comment says, our center position is set up nice. Totally agree with that. I agree. Um, another comment I know it was the Bulls, or sorry, how about Jody Meeks? I know it's the Bulls, but can't go wrong with Vets and more three-point shooting. Totally agree with that. Not mad at all. I'd rather see Jody Meeks out there for the rest of the season. Heck, start Jody Meeks for the rest of the season. I'm okay with that as well. Um, let's see what else is going on. I need Gasol to shoot the three when he has the shot. Totally agree. That's from uh, someone named Exodus Movements. I would bet you that Nick Nurse also agrees with that. I would assume also that his Raptors teammates probably want Marcus Gasol to shoot more, and that's something everyone wants to see. They know what Marcus Gasol's capable of, but they also know that he's been doing such a good job of just fitting in with the team, but there are certain points where they want to see him cook because they wanted the they want the all-star Marcus Gasol that they know is in there, that they know is probably resting or, you know, I keep using the term of gearing, down gearing, shifting gears, you know, but he's gearing up for the playoffs. He's not fully there in playoff mode yet, but I'm not worried about Marcus Gasol come playoff time. I don't think the teammates are either, but they'd want to see him be more aggressive and turn down less shots because there are still some times where he's turning down shot opportunities. This game, again, I don't think was one of them per se, but he still only shot 11, point, 11 shots in this game. I mean, 11 shots, 29 minutes. So I keep saying I don't want him shooting less than 10 shots per game, even with Kawhi in the lineup, even with Pascal in the lineup. I still think you need Marcus Gasol to be taking at least 10 shots per game. But good job tonight. Good to see he still has that in the tank. Another comment, Jeremy Lin. Uh, Jeremy looked more comfortable in this game, and he actually made threes, right? Imagine that. <laughs> We knew it was in there, Jeremy Lin. Don't worry. Just relax. Continue to cook. Take the shots as they're there. Nobody's losing faith in you, my dude. You have a full week. The rest of these playoffs is your time to shine. So hope he continues to, to 
get gain his confidence back. Because again, you never know what can happen come playoff time. You might actually need Jeremy Lin and some like I'm knocking on wood, but I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Emma says, "Don't get the argument against Gasol. Raptors fans should be used to the value of intangibles with Kyle being such an anchor." Emma shouts to you because that is such a great point because I'm amazed at the people and some of the comments that we get. And again, I encourage all of these comments because I enjoy the conversation and seeing the different viewpoints. But what Emma says here is so true because if you're a Raptors fan and you've watched what Kyle Lowry has meant to this team over this entire run of the Raptors being in the playoffs, being a legitimate franchise once again, if you've witnessed that, and seeing what Kyle Lowry has done, you know that it goes far beyond what the stat line says. You know that. You watch it every day. You know that it's the intangibles that he brings. It's when he does his little, you know, oh, I got fouled. Let me get to the line to stop this run. Oh, I'm going to hit this three that shows up the exact same on the box score, but the time that I'm taking this three to devastate the other team, right, to bury the other team, those are the things, the little things that make Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry. And Raptors fans especially should be able to appreciate that when you talk about Marcus Gasol. Maybe it just hasn't been enough games yet. I don't know. Maybe it'll take the stakes to be raised a little higher in the playoffs. But I think Kyle Lowry, what Emma brings up, Kyle Lowry being the example is such a great one in comparison to Marcus Gasol in terms of it's not all about the points and rebounds. It's so much more. Alex tunes in on Instagram and he says, not to get ahead of things, but if the Raptors team keeps moving the ball and shooting well from behind the arc, this team can win a championship this year. Many people don't realize how good we are. I also agree with this statement. And people think that it's about being a homer or being, you know, just or being a, a, a team spokesperson or something like that. Because I get all those comments too. And I understand, we've been doing this podcast now. We did the Ball on Blast podcast last year. That was our first year. This year, on top of the Ball on Blast podcast, we added this Wrap It Up Raptors postgame show. But if you were with us since last year, you would know that all last season, I was not believing the Raptors had a chance to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James in the playoffs. Like, I am not the one to get up here and just, you know, spew all these positives just because it's the Raptors and just because I want to see them win and succeed. I'm here giving my honest opinion on what I really think is going on with this team. So if we go back to last year, I never believed that they could beat LeBron James and the and the Cavs because there was nothing to show me that. Like the fact that they were playing great in the regular season, they didn't have the I knew that they didn't have the next gear. They never had the other gear to get to when the stakes got hired. They feared LeBron James. That's what I was saying all last season. And the difference between that team and this team is that you have players who have been there before. And I was saying that from before the Marcus Gasol trade. So leave that aside for a second. I thought as soon as you got Kawhi Leonard, that was the biggest thing that was missing from last year's team in terms of in the playoffs, you need your best players to be your best players. If your best players are not your best players, then you're going to struggle. And that's what happened to the Raptors in their collapses in years past. And I keep stressing this. Last year, Fred Van Fleet was the third most important Raptor behind Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Third most important. 
if you try to match what Fred means to this team this year, he's still super important, but you'd still argue Kawhi, you'd still argue Kyle Lowry, you'd still argue, I would argue Serge and Marc Gasol, I would argue Danny Green's three-point shooting and defense because Danny Green's going to get one or two of the defensive matchups on the other team's best players. So there's so much more depth on this team and veteran presence. They're not going to get shook going into any building. And that's what I mean. As fans, to go back to Alex's point, we are not used to watching a Raptors team and thinking of it in that sense. Thinking of it as, oh, we're a legit playoff contender. We're a legit NBA Finals contender. I'm not used to thinking that about any Toronto team, much less the Toronto Raptors. We got to get that out of our head because this isn't the same Raptors team. So shouts to Alex because I think it's true. People need to start realizing how good this team is. And it's something I've been trying to tell you guys all year. Enjoy this. Because who knows how long it's going to last. Who knows what's going to happen this offseason. I don't know. And I've been saying from the beginning, I don't even care. Because I'm going to enjoy what this season is. And this season is that fact that we have one of the best teams in the NBA in Toronto. What a time to be alive. I mean it. It's so crazy. All this talk about, you know, load management and all the stuff that's gone on with this team, trades midseason, their roster being a roster, you know, change up so much midway through the year in terms of DeLon and CJ and JV being shipped out. Like so much turnover, so much for Nick Nurse to deal with. What do we say? His 23rd different starting lineup this year. You have Kawhi Leonard, who's missed 20 games. You have Kyle Lowry, who's missed 20 games himself. So much going on, and you're still talking about the team with the second best record in the NBA? As Alex says, I don't think we realize how good this Toronto Raptors team is. But I feel like that's a great place to end this. Um, people are in here agreeing with what Emma just said, uh, and it's a, it's a great point. Enjoy this team. Enjoy this team. Enjoy this time because Raptors fans, if you've been following this team for a long time like I have, there are a lot of years where we try to talk ourselves into Andrea Bargnani or Jose Calderon or maybe Anthony Parker can be really good or maybe Jamario Moon is a diamond in the rough that we've been waiting for or remember Sonny Weems had a good two-week run? Like my point is there's been a lot of things. Mike James? Remember Mike James? Like there's been so much of these Raptors teams that have us like, we're like a lover scorned, right? We've been abused for so long, trying to talk ourselves into these Raptors teams. And then I think last season, Raptors fans let themselves think, yes, we had a chance against LeBron, only to be devastated on the most ignorant of levels with that whole LeBron toe and the sweep and him hitting the bank shot. And it was just such a massive letdown for all of those Raptors fans that actually let themselves believe that that team had what it takes to beat LeBron. But now LeBron's out of the way. Now this team is a lot better. This team has improved. Masai has definitely done a good job in re-upping this squad. And now we're here. So hey, enjoy the next couple games. Brooklyn might be a, a, a quote-unquote real game in terms of the Raptors going out and playing, or we might see some more guys get hurt. Could be a situation where we're getting used to seeing more of Jody Meeks, more of Norm and Jeremy Lin. But either way, the playoffs are coming. Get excited, because I can't wait. 
So thank you guys for tuning in on this to wrap it up podcast. Again, my name is Shell Alexander. I really appreciate you guys tuning in live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, where you can watch this podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. We'll take your questions there in that chat. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. We take questions and comments there. There's a great chat that's always going on as well in the Instagram feed. There's always great conversation going on there with our diehard day one fans of the Wrap It Up podcast. So really appreciate you guys as well. And as always, tune into this podcast and the Ball on Blast podcast. Like and subscribe, share, tell your friends, spread the word, spread the movement of the On Blast podcast network. Just search for that exactly, On Blast Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and same thing goes for YouTube. You can find that Ball on Blast Podcast, NBA-wide, because we'll be taking this through the whole way, long playoff run, hopefully, for the Toronto Raptors, because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, Monday night. See ya. Boom, blast.